Welcome to Saucer Cinema, the podcast about UFOs, aliens, and otherworldly phenomena in film, TV, and other media. I'm your host, Alex. Today's movie is I Come in Peace, also known as Dark Angel, directed by Craig R. Baxley and starring Dolph Lundgren. Uh, today I have John Ferrer with me. Uh, he is the, what would you call yourself? The I am sort of like the curator of weird, weird Christmas content for a um, annual 24-hour Christmas festival called Macarathon that leans towards unconventional Christmas movies and TV shows and whatnot. And uh, you've been doing this for 17 years now here in Greenville? Yes, in Greenville for 17 years coming up on. Wow, that's pretty. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> um, yeah, we also go back way back to high school. We were in a film class together, so. Yeah, we're 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 film school buddies. Yeah, so we are both qualified experts to talk about this uh, motion picture. Um, I think uh, it is called "I Come in Peace." Uh, directed by Craig R. Baxley. Craig R. Baxley. Don't um, forget the R. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the R stands for remember. Um, <laughs> also, it was written by someone named Jonathan Taylor, Tidor, and David Kep, or Coep, or however you say his name, who famously yeah, wrote. Yeah, I've always said it Kep, but I guess I have absolutely no. Um, confirmation on how to say his name but yeah i think it's i think it's cap i think i've heard it's cap and he used a he used a pseudonym for this because it was within his first couple movies and i think he was probably in his like writing crap to make a name for himself stage still yeah yeah for sure this was Uh, about uh i think this was like three years before he would write jurassic park so yeah things uh went much differently for him after that yeah, all things considered, it's not a bad uh, three-year trajectory. Jeez, I mean, yeah, from this to Jurassic Park, <laughs> and of course after that, many other uh, big blockbusters. He's actually one of the, I think he's one of the high. Yeah, he's like uh, the the ninth most, I was supposed, the ninth most successful screenwriter of all time in terms of U.S. box office receipts with a total gross over two point three billion. So he did pretty well. Wow, well, and it all came from I Come in Peace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh which, so, which i think is known um just as well under the title dark angel apparently yeah i think outside of the states it's known as dark angel but here in uh it's called for some reason they changed it to i come in peace yeah i think i mean given that it's sort of a goofy movie i think i come in peace is a much more appropriate title and memorable right. um 
Yeah. I think it said they changed it. What's weird is it sounds like Dark Angel was like the artistic choice. Like it was like everybody working on the movie really wanted it to be Dark Angel. But the studio, I think, didn't want to do it partially because there were a bunch of other things called Dark Angel. And it's, you know, it's like exactly that's such a it's such a generic, like nothing title, Dark Angel, that you could apply it to a million different things. And I guess now it's probably most famously uh that tv show oh yeah jessica alba that was the one that introduced jessica alba to the world yeah yeah but there's been like 50 movies called that and it doesn't even really apply to this movie so it's weird that that was the uh right yeah it's it's also always strange when a movie has an alternate title and one of the titles is said repeatedly through the movie i feel like that happens a lot where it's like well it seems like the screenwriter sure knew what it was called because they kept saying it yeah, I'm wondering if they, I mean, I wonder if, the, did they put that, like, in there just to, like, justify the title retroactively? Like, for the, Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. But, because, you know, it was obviously probably done ADR, because, like, I doubt it was the actor's uh, actual voice, because, like... That's right, yeah. Alien voice going, I come in peace. <laughs> really, it's probably the most memorable thing about the movie, is that there's a there's an alien that says, I come in peace, as he's actively murdering people, which is yeah. <laughs> pretty great on its own. yeah. So, uh, do you have any memory of this movie coming out? Um, so, I first I first came to know of this movie through I'm literally just always researching uh, movies that could arguably go into like a Christmas movie lineup, and yeah. <laughs> I'll talk about that a little bit because this this is like a really good example of one that's like just just right at the very edge. Like, it, it's kind of like I think of them as sort of like Christmas lights only Christmas movies where yeah. like. <laughs> It's not really important at all. It's just that if you look in the background, there's always like wreaths and Christmas lights and everything up. So it's like, uh, my rule is sort of as long as it sort of stays in there through the whole movie instead of just like there's one scene at Christmas. Right. Then that's close enough to me. Um, but I mean, people obviously love for some reason to argue about like whether or not something like Die Hard is a Christmas movie, um, oh, which that- Die Hard has a billion more christmas references than this movie yeah for um, sure i feel like it just barely makes like the cut at least for our um purposes <laughs> collecting weird christmas movies just because it's kind of sort of got it in there beginning to end but um that's the only reason i came across this movie and then i was sort of surprised when i looked it up after re-watching it just just for this um that it was a pretty big movie for what it was because it it has the feeling of something that's kind of like a direct-to-video right. um, sort of lost action movie, but it was a big theatrical release and did pretty well for what it was. Yeah. Like, you kind of remember, like, the uh, the big hype of I Come In Peace? Well, I don't remember hype. I just remember seeing, like, a trailer for it. You see, I, I was one of those kids who watched Entertainment Tonight religiously. <laughs> I watched the E! Channel in its early days. My favorite show, and there was Coming Attraction. So probably from okay. the period... Of like 1990 to 1993, I probably Jay saw. Sherman. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I probably saw every major trailer that was put out. So I there was like a so I have a weird knowledge of movies from that era. I, I got guess. you. Yeah, but also I was just one of those kids who watched a lot of TV and would just would see a thing and remember it. I don't know. I just remember those things. I mean, I can't remember where the fuck my phone is, but <laughs> <laughs> I I know I remember you know seeing a, tra- a trailer for this 
uh, science fiction thriller. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. kind of in the same boat, but yeah, for whatever reason, this one just completely passed me by. Yeah. From uh, what I gather, I, it, it was not like a movie that had a, that lasted long in theaters. It might have had like, I mean, it was like five, six million dollar budget and probably made about, how much did the box office? Uh, let's see. Um, it says that it was about like four and a half million box office, but um, I feel like there's some discrepancies there with different information because in different places you can sort of see that it was actually pretty successful for them. Yeah. I um, mean, it was on video. I mean, it was probably did well on video too. I, I think it did well later, uh, which again, I, I don't really remember. I don't remember any version of a I Come in Peace explosion. Where no. <laughs> it the, the only thing they were talking about at the water coolers. Yeah. But, yeah, they call us fans, uh, PCs, you know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, uh, yeah, it, it, I, I mean, it was just one of those movies that came out. It, it, was, it was definitely came out. I just, I just remember that. But <laughs> we can it, confirm it did come out. Yes, it was released. It's, it's not like this imaginary thing. I guess we should explain the basic premise. Like, it's yeah. Well, I think the most striking thing about it to me that I was noticing was it's maybe the most extreme example of something where, especially in terms of the theme of your show, it's a sci-fi movie where the plot is almost like completely independent of the sci-fi element. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it wouldn't surprise me if it was just at one point, a script about just like a kind of standard, like new Jack city style, like drug war movie. And then somebody was like, what if we pop an alien in here? Yeah, well, you know, the late 80s, early 90s, that was the peak era of, like, high concept as, like, a thing, you know, where you're, like, yeah. elevator pitch kind of thing, where it's, like, you know, it's it's Die Hard, but with an alien, or Die Hard with, in a, in a bus, no, Die Hard in a, you know, a lot of Die Hard ripoffs, but, you know, the same thing, or it's, like, this movie. Die Hard, but in a building. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what i thought when i there was like a rock movie a movie with the rock <laughs> no, I, know, no, I know exactly yeah that. I, I was thinking this like is a couple like, years ago yeah this is just like die hard in a building <laughs> this one's in a skyscraper yeah exactly <laughs> it was like okay it's, instead of an ex-cop he's an ex-cop yeah <laughs> instead of terrorists he's fighting terrorists yeah exactly <laughs> uh but yeah but that was like i mean like uh, the movie the player satirized that very memorably <laughs> approach to film the to, to studio like ideas you know this is before i think this is i mean franchises were definitely a thing but like it was like there was definitely at least more investment in the idea of oh we're gonna do this come up with a new original thing i mean yeah it really right. was still where the the concept of making like a big blockbuster movie was basically this where it was like you were to it was a total crapshoot in terms of like um let's let's do uh alien drug dealer and kind of see if that takes off and so there were, in, in terms of like in, instead of standing on the shoulders of something uh they had to make like a big swing every time which you sort of yeah. lose respect for as you kind of like move from, and you kind of laugh at some of those like 90s movies but um you know like when they made like speed like everybody thought it was just going to be like another like big dumb movie and it ended up being huge. But every single time it was like, you had to just go up to the plate and just kind of go, maybe this will be the one. Cause you weren't, you didn't have the benefit of saying, well, obviously people are going to come to this cause Spider-Man's in it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, yeah, it was just a totally different time. I mean, and we're, they've, 
I mean, it's it's like there's still risk now with things putting out things, but most it, everything's more channeled into its own predetermined kind of like niche area, you know. Yeah, definitely less so back then. Um, but yeah, this this so like yeah, like as like as you mentioned, it's about it is about an alien drug dealer. You would probably know better than me as an as an alien ex- movie expert, but that's got to be a standalone thing, right? I can't think of anything else that has crossed. I was trying to think of like the Alien Nation show maybe had any. Um, oh yeah, I was not familiar that... with that show, but I, I think I feel like maybe it had some similar stuff where they were sort of crossing like Law and Order type plots with alien plots. But yeah. besides that, I can't think of anything <laughs> that had such like a mundane job for an for a, somebody to visit Earth for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you get drugs. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, there's definitely movies with drug dealers and aliens in them, and criminals in it. But yeah, a drug dealer alien. I think this might be one of the few, at least, like movies of this type, like action type movies with this that kind of premise. I'm pr- I'm pr- <laughs> yeah, that, I can't think of any others off the top of my head. No, I I, I highly doubt that there that there are. I guess maybe there. I I think there may have been some stuff where the concept of, you know, taking something that's sort of mundane to us, like um, gasoline or sugar or whatever, ends up being like a much more important commodity on the planet that they're taking it back to. I guess that's a little bit of a trope, but to actually just spell it out in such a familiar way with like the drug dealer kind of language um, seems pretty unique. Uh, I also... I love I love um, I love anything that kind of does sort of the the kind of hot tub time machine with where somebody just spells out the plot in the middle of the movie and there's yeah. there's literally a part where uh, where Brian Benben is like uh, what are you gonna do tell him we're fighting drug dealers from outer space yeah <laughs> just just says it and it's one of those things where like as soon as he says it you're like without watching the trailer I can guarantee that they use that line for the trailer <laughs> because it's oh, just yeah. Somebody's saying the plot in one one line. Exactly. I mean, that's the elevator pitch right there. Drug dealer from outer space. There you go. <laughs> but like, I think we should establish what the ha- what what the setting of the movie is. I, I guess. I mean, it's set in a city. I'm assuming it was filmed in Houston. The and of course, like a lot of movies filmed in Houston, I always think it's filmed in Canada when I'm watching it because it just has yeah that, yeah it just has that generic city look, like it's Toronto or something or right. You know, I mean, no offense to canadian listeners i'm sure you guys all know your city very well but i mean <laughs> but you know like toronto is often used as other, like a stand-in for other cities in Ireland. sure and like houston i think is probably the same way like houston just has that generic big city look i mean um and i guess that's what this movie does like and uh takes advantage of um yeah, it just it just takes place in the city yeah i don't think they ever say think, where it is i can't remember if they say it's in houston or not but yeah um the, the plot line says that it's about a Houston police officer, but I don't remember them actually talking about it. It does yeah, kind of seem like it's just in the city. Wikipedia actually says that the aliens have names, but in the, even on the credits of this movie, it's just good alien and bad. Alien, <laughs> right. <really>. <laughs> <laughs> the credits are pretty amazing just in terms of, I mean, that sort of links into explaining the plot of this movie, which we're taking too long to do, but uh, I think there's also a Bruce the Scientist in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we'll come to him in a little bit. Like, like everybody's just kind of like, ah, it's the good alien, the bad alien, the scientist, the detective, yeah. you know. Yeah. Get these guys in a room together and see what happens. So, yeah, Dol- Dolph Lundgren is the star of this movie. I guess he's, yeah, I guess he's the biggest. He's the top build guy. He's, I mean. <laughs> yes, yes. It, it, he's one of the, I don't know. He, and he is, of course, a, 
grizzled. I mean, grizzled. I don't know. He's a tough cop guy. I mean, he's your. He's he is a playing a typical eighties, ninety, early nineties, straight off the rack cop character. <laughs> yeah, there's there's really like no. Um, I feel like it's telling that we took so long ramping up about the plot to even mention the star of the movie, but it is sort of like he's just he's just kind of like a stock cop character who's there to kind of let the events bounce off of him yeah uh, and he sort of has like the one-liners and stuff but he really doesn't have a ton of personality no the most telling thing about his personality is when we see him in his apartment alone and he has a, a big picture of his i guess estranged girlfriend on his <laughs> right. i mean that's about the most emotional well that's not true there's that part at the beginning where his partner gets uh killed uh yeah he's one of he's one of those cops that like can't hold on to his partner because yeah he's so much more dangerous than his partners are willing to be so they're constantly just getting killed yeah also his uh his like only defining characteristic is that he always keeps his promise yeah (laughs) (laughs) such a boring ridiculous uh like he's just like a guy that if he makes a promise you know you better watch out. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's very punctual. And like ev- everybody in Houston uh, knows about that. Like people are constantly saying, like, "Well, you made a promise, so we all all of us here in the room know what that means." <laughs> that Detective Jack Kane always keeps his promises. Yeah, I forgot that he had a name too. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's Jack. It's Kane. Jack Kane, or just Kane through most of the movie. Yeah, I, I wonder if they were hoping that there were going to be a there was going to be a whole series of Jack Kane uh, stories, but nah. such such was not the case. <laughs> I, I did feel like you could always say this about Dolph Lundgren, I guess, but um, it felt even more than usual. Like it was like somebody was really hoping that this would be like a Schwarzenegger vehicle. Yeah, um, it was just. <laughs> He got the eventual, like, they, he didn't take, Schwarzenegger didn't take the call, JCVD didn't take the call, Dolph Lundgren took the call. Yeah. But, and I, really, that's almost true, because I was reading that originally the script was, like, a spec script by the guy, the other guy, Jonathan Tidor, the guy that did not get to go on to write Jurassic Park. Uh, (laughs) He had written a script, I think I have this right, he had written a script that was kind of a Schwarzenegger project. And it totally fell apart and then kind of like rebuilt as something else. Um, so several steps removed. I think it was originally kind of sort of connected to Schwarzenegger. Um, oh, okay. I don't I don't think it was actually even the same plot at that point. I think it was just um, the director, Craig Baxley, kind of working with um, sort of a generic action movie setup. Um, but it just... All the all the one-liners and stuff did sort of feel like somebody was just really hoping that Schwarzenegger would read the script. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, so we should start with the first scene in the movie just to so establish what actually happens in this thing. <laughs> so we have this guy driving an expensive car. His seat is not working or something. Yeah, like... yeah. It's it's a, it's a, just a generic rich guy who's. It, it's kind of like a similar like it's. I guess it's supposed to make you feel like a lot of beginning of sci-fi movies do where it's like somebody driving and then um either their car starts to mess up or like something unusual happens but it's a weird scene because it's like you don't really see what you would expect to see which is like a ufo crashing right you just sort of see like the aftermath and the you see it through this one guy's perspective not important to the movie at all and also it's confusing because he's like dressed a lot like the uh 
like the that the gang of bad guys. Oh, we'll, go, we'll get to those guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so yeah, so like this guy is driving in his car and his CD player starts going haywire. He's like, ah, pissed off at the CDs CD for going crazy. I guess yeah, early '90s CD players and cars. Jeez, those things. <laughs> oh, never. <laughs> well, I, I just occur, it just occurred to me just now as you were explaining that scene that I guess maybe it's supposed to be some foreshadowing because the yeah 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 the weapon is sort of a CD ROM yeah and and but we'll, 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 we'll hold off on the, the yeah. weapon it's and so basically yeah the advanced so, 90s weapon yeah so so he's like he has trouble with his car and he he's he drives into a ditch and then right after he drives into the ditch there's a huge explosion behind him and i guess that's is that supposed to be the spaceship of the alien yeah, my impression was that it was just like a classic um ufo crashes at the beginning and now you kind of get to see what the guy driving the ufo is up to for the rest of the movie it was absolutely unclear because it's just sort of like general chaos at the beginning yeah i mean maybe it was like a capsule maybe that's how they get here i mean i don't know we we, we really see very little of these aliens and their technology i mean the it's it's uh but <laughs> other, uh, well with some notable exceptions um and, yeah and, like i was i was i was listening to you talk about uh 2001 and about like not really loving humanoid alien designs and this is like the classic example of like it's literally just like a couple of bros like it's yeah <laughs> there's absolutely nothing alien about them it's like some guy with with um really you know haircut. larger than average like <laughs> musk muscles and um larger than average hair but he's kind of just like a guy from detroit who's like here to start some shit you know like he's yeah. there, there's nothing alien about him in any sense at all so i think that's why it's confusing sort of that there's just an explosion and then just some guy comes out of it and um you know that's our alien that's what we got yeah looks basically like Vigo the Carpathian. Yeah, I literally thought it was for a split second. No, it's a different actor, but the same kind of vibe, you know. Yeah. European big dude. Um. <laughs> even though I'm making fun of the fact that he's not, um, doesn't look like a cool alien or whatever, he is probably the best thing in the movie. Like, that, that, guy, that guy delivers because he's yeah. like a big monster man. Yeah, he's intimidating for sure. Like, he yeah. actually does, look, he, has, he does come across as menacing. Um, and, uh, and so like, yeah, so basically, and he shoots us, he like shoots his disc at the guy, right? Right. Which he, said, so, he says, I, he says, I come in peace and yeah, then he shoots and, the disc. That's yeah, his, that's his like, thing. Yeah. Yeah. And his, his thing, catch, his catchphrase comes with a, uh, with a lethal disc delivery. Yeah. I, I guess the, like you said, the CD was probably meant to be foreshadowing. It's just like. And it literally just looks like a CD. I think it is a CD. Right. I, mean, I, I think it is just a CD, yeah, yeah. which is amazing. <laughs> just to think about that CDs were such a futuristic feeling thing at that exact moment in time Yeah. that they were like, well, aliens figured out how to weaponize these little yeah. discs, these little, <laughs> little plastic mirrors. Yeah. In the future, they're going to cut your head off, man. Yeah. <laughs> so this movie's probably like, what, five, it said like $5 million dollars. I mean, I just feel like they could have done a little more to design a thing for it. Yeah, it's it's it is weird. I I have mixed feelings about the budget because it's like again, in some ways, it feels like it's a very. I was a little surprised to find out that it was a big release because it felt sort of uh, secondhand or something. But 
then when I kind of realized that it was sort of the opposite, like it was a low budget movie that was sort of um, hitting a little bit like above its pay grade. Yeah. I was kind of impressed with it in other ways. Um, and I think it basically comes down to like a lot of like the, well, so the director is like a big time stuntman and oh, yeah. <laughs> he's only directed like a few, well, he's directed a good bit of stuff, like other action movies kind of like this, like um, um, Action Jackson with oh. Carl Weathers oh, really? oh, wow. uh, and a couple other things kind of of that ilk. But just reading a little bit about like the background of this, it seems like he was a pretty respected stunt guy. And so he was able to call in a lot of favors. And so I think that's kind of the key is that a lot of like the practical effects and stunts and stuff like that, like all the explosions, things like that are actually like pretty solid. Like I was rewatching it and I was like, this is a bigger movie than I remembered it being. Cause I remembered it as like a VHS tape more than a movie. Yeah. But watching it, I was like, Oh man, there's, I mean, conservatively, I think you could say there's like 10 parts where somebody's walking away from like a giant explosion in the background. Like yeah. there's at least 10 of those. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, then there's stuff like the the main murder weapon, which is pretty podunk. The, the sci-fi stuff is like incredibly tacked on. Like it's like, yeah, it's exactly. an afterthought. It's like yeah, like it's, as an action movie, it's kind of an impressive uh, yeah. use of its budget. But as a sci-fi movie, it's pretty bad. Indeed. We go from there to there's a heist sort of in progress at this uh, at the police station. These criminals are stealing some heroin um from the, the like evidence room i guess is that what's going on is that i'm trying to remember, <laughs> I'm trying to remember if that's if i have my memory correctly <laughs> that that is obviously some part of the movie that just sort of faded into the ether as soon as it passed me by yeah i think it's just there to set up the fact that the alien needs heroin <laughs> yeah there's there's a lot of setup with with uh uh yeah i mean do you want to introduce the the gang the big gang yeah, yeah, the they're called the White Boys, as we learned, <laughs> and they're all dressed like you know classic yuppies, you know American Psycho yuppies, you know business suits and everything, and it's, <laughs> right, right. it's it's like yeah, so like but they're like literally a gang that's dressed like this. It, it's it's a, it's a kind of a half developed concept. It's like you just think they're just like typical business guys, but no, no, it's actually a whole gang that their whole thing is that they dress like this. It's like okay um right yeah it's yeah exactly it's it's sort of kind of a style but like not enough of one to really make that much of a difference like okay you all wear suits that's not a big deal they're basically just all like crockett from miami vice like it's like the crockett bunch oh yeah speaking of uh the score is by none other than uh yon hammer (laughs) yes yeah right and it, it is a classic score of that style i mean it yeah. is thoroughly I, I i legitimately kind of love that aspect of it just because i mean again it's it's grading on a curve because it's you sort of want this movie to be big and ridiculous so all the elements that leaned into that part of it were kind of my favorite and the, the music is really going for it the music's yeah. just exactly as like cornball and over the top as it needs to be yeah, and I felt like it kind of carried the movie a lot of the times. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think uh, having that, like, uh, I mean, as, as cheesy as it is, it definitely has that. It feels like legit cop movie. Like, like it really cements the that aspect of the genre stuff in it. Like, it's like, okay, this this really feels like a late '80s, early '90s cop movie. That's what because that's exactly what it is. 
yeah the um there's a lot of weird pedigree to it actually because the uh the cinematographer um is like david cronenberg's like go-to guy oh really? uh, and he shoots a lot of comedies too like um he shoots almost all the like Fairly Brothers movies. Uh, he's just like a really sought after like big time oh, yeah. cinematographer. Oh yeah, um, yeah. And I mean, I specifically looked him up just because I was like, I mean, he did a good job. Like, it's a nice looking movie. There's, there's just there, it's one of those movies that just had so many elements that work kind of independently, and it doesn't necessarily all click together to a movie that's. It's definitely not more than the sum of those parts. Exactly. Um, yeah. But it has it has stuff that works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As kind of underdeveloped as the white boys thing is, I did kind of enjoy. There's, it does have some fun with that, like with like later in the movie when you see these guys in business suits shooting like machine guns on the street and stuff. It's very right. It, it's very comic booky, you know. Like yeah, uh, for sure. You know, like a uh, or something like out of RoboCop or something. You know, or right. something where something where's like a futuristic gang. You know, that has like a thingy to them or something. You know, some kind of thingy. Theme. yeah yeah exactly or, or like the the warriors or something exactly yeah Which i think I, I just saw the director is actually one of the punks in the warriors really i think he was probably just a background punk who like probably took a beating or something i don't know that there's ever been like a real world counterpart to something like that but <laughs> no i mean obviously gangs often have their own like styles or colors or affiliated clothing but yeah it's it's i mean it's, it's so much more like um grounded like it's it's yeah. never it's never yeah. anything cool yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's probably some precedent in history, but yeah, but as far as like generally in America, I mean, yeah, it's it's very much a movie comic book thing. Um, yeah, I think what they were trying to kind of go for was I, I'm a big fan of like the whole concept of like bad guy meets worse guy, which is yeah. like a really standard thing to go to, and I think that's what they're sort of building towards is that it's like these like big time heroin gangsters versus an alien who's like much more hardcore than they are like, like they're bad but he's bad or that kind of setup yeah but yeah you get like a little bit of that but it doesn't quite play out in a like logical enough way that you sort of get that fun payoff of oh now like the evil drug lord is meeting like the evil space drug lord <laughs> what's worse than an evil drug lord evil drug lord from space I, I'm just. I, I was actually thinking there is kind of a. I mean, I was thinking like a movie came out the same year. As a matter of fact, Predator Two, like uh, urban alien killing. I mean, obviously the aliens are differently, and of course the Predator is actually more integral to that movie. Yeah, like the the the. I mean, yeah, just if you look at like the poster for that movie, it sort of promises that very like. What if we dropped a crazy alien into like bustling urban setting and. I feel like that movie delivers more than this one did. Yeah. I mean, obviously it has bigger budget to do so, uh, but at the same time, like, yeah, this movie, it's like, I kind of wish they had not even bothered with aliens, just made this more like a goofy action movie. <laughs> yeah. Which is a weird thing to have to, to have to, like, how, how often do you, do you want to say, you know what? Lose the aliens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so yeah, they, they steal this heroin and of course, I'm, I'm of course I'm very I can be very vague on plot sometimes I forget like the exact <laughs> details well, of the plot. This definitely has one of those like sort of unnecessarily busy like crime story plots that's yeah. just sort of fumbling its way from A to B, and you just kind of like I guess I'll catch up later. So yeah, so there's like this big heist where they steal the heroin. Does the alien intercept them and get their stuff, or, the, or, do they, or do they go straight to that meeting that Dolph Lundgren's doing the sting operation on? 
Um, yeah, I can't remember if it's the first gathering or the second one that they shows up and kills everybody with his with his disc. That's pretty early because that's basically when practically when we meet um, Dolph Lundgren, right? Is when he kind of shows up at the at the murder site. Oh yeah, yeah. That I remember. Yeah, he because he's like he's in his car. He's like listening in. His partner is in there um, and uh, doing some kind of deal with this uh, the the head of the white boys. Uh, right, Victor Manning. Victor Manning, yeah, this guy. Um, he's only actually he's actually only like in like one or two scenes. Yeah, no, I, yeah, that's what I mean. Is it's like it's it's I think it's supposed to be like this um, big cool bad guy, but he's very undersold. Like he's he's literally just not on screen that much. So it's kind of hard to get that worked up about the white boys plot because they're not really around enough to lock into what their deal is. Exactly. But yeah, it does basically kick off with the white boys figuring out that um, Dolph Lundgren's partner is an undercover agent and they murder him um, as one does. Oh yeah. Also uh, Dolph Lundgren is distracted by like, like a robbery going on at the same time. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So like that present for prevents him from actually going in, I think to, to stop the, I don't, I don't know. It was like very it was confusing. Yeah, well, he's in his car the whole time, sort of like a backseat driver in the drug deal. Yeah, and uh, and so of course you know the after 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 the after the everybody leaves and he's there to like you know I'll get you Mendoza for his. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was very much like again, it was your classic my part they killed my partner, right. um, thing uh, and. Uh, so obviously the, the police chief shows up to, or whatever his boss. I don't know if it's the chief. Is it the chief? I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I assumed it was just because he had kind of like the classic chief. Uh, it says he's he's uh, Captain Malone. It looks like. Yeah, cap. Whatever his 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 uh, his superior. Right. And, uh, just his, another in a long line of guys that are like, everything you're doing is great. You're doing a great job, but <laughs> I'm sick of your shit. Yeah. You're the Always best cop we've got. But a real pain in my ass. Exactly. <laughs> you got to go on vacation tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. He's like, you, okay, you, you botched this. You got to go on vacation. And then the FBI shows up. It, it makes makes him promise he's going on vacation so yeah. that there's no way to back out of it. Right. And uh, his girlfriend's there too. She's like a coroner. I had literally completely forgotten about the girlfriend character in like the 48 hours since I've watched this. That's how they, underplayed she is. It was before that or after that, the alien... Oh yeah, I think it's it's before that happens, the alien comes by, kills off the rest of the guys there, and uh, steals their drugs. <laughs> and, and he, and, but he leaves a disc. One of the discs is left behind. And, it, gets, they, it gets pulled in by a stereo magnet. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Because it's because it's you know it's a, it's a magnetic it's a, disc. Yeah, it's a magnetic disc. Yeah. But I guess it's it's tuned to like the human frequency. Yeah, they sort I of wonder like, how they explained it. So I don't know why it's both magnetic towards humans and towards stereos, but I guess yeah. that's either here or there. Yeah, <laughs> that's tossed off very quickly, like in some like uh, some kind of brief conversation later on in the movie. But yeah, so they have, but they do find that disc there. I also and, couldn't quite catch up with was there an actual reason why bad alien wants heroin because he actually well, the, wants endorphins from well the heroin is to induce the endorphins in the person 
they get the you know they get the high and then you steal you get the endorphins and they get high i guess i totally missed that element that kind of checks out now that you say that <laughs> yeah yeah what a what a complicated uh series of things like he has to steal heroin to yeah. <laughs> to give it to his victims so that he can steal their like spinal fluid or whatever it feels like something was left out i doubt it was filmed but there's i wonder if there was like more like in the script like a little bit more exposition or a little bit more i don't know i it just feels like there's there's probably more of an idea to it could have been as it could have been planned to do like uh like one of those classic intros where it's like they spend a lot of money on like the intro that's on another planet or whatever it's like the krypton scene oh yeah yeah yeah. they sort of set it all up like um like his boss is like what do you got to do is go to this you know green planet that we found and uh, you got to look for people like this and they love this drug. It's called this, you know, it just spells out the whole, like, here's your weird uh, plot that you have to go and act. That could be. That would have been more interesting. It really is just like, it's just an afterthought with the alien. Yeah, that's an alien. Okay. If you took out all the references to it, it would just be like, it could just be like a big, like drug guy from like Italy or something. Yeah. So. It could be, um, it could be, uh, what's his name? Anton Sugar from, uh, no country for old. Yeah, days, exactly. You know? It's just it could like, be that type of dude, you know, this it's guy like, is just like a hardcore intimidating guy from like, he's not from our environment. Exactly. Like, you know, he's not from outer space. That's crazy. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's just from uh, New York city, New York city. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay, the FBI shows up. That that definitely happens, and they take over the case. We get we get Brian Ben Ben. Yeah, we get Brian Ben Ben, um, who was around that time. He was on Dream On. Around the time this movie came out, at least me being yeah like like a eight or nine year old, he was pretty hot stuff to me just because I didn't watch what he was on, but it was just like you know HBO was such like a new cool thing that. Yeah, From my was, perspective as a kid, just to, when you would see commercials for it and stuff, you'd just be like, that looks like what like cool adults are up to. Exactly, yeah. It was like TV. I movie. feel like he would have been like a decent commodity at the time. Oh, absolutely. That, yeah, that did not sure. last very long. No, after. but 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 <laughs> definitely there was a Brian Ben Ben moment, I'm sure. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that, however that brief element, it was. Yeah, that whole element really kind of fascinates me because – for one thing, like it's, I think it's interesting when I guess this is sort of a way they, um, something movies kind of fell on where instead of having the typical comic relief where it's like, um, you know, like a wacky guy, like uh, for some reason my brain goes to somebody like Tom Hanks and Dragnet or something where you, you've got yeah. like the straight laced guy and then you got somebody that just like doesn't give a fuck. And I feel like at some point, just to mix it up, they were like, what if we kind of flip that? I don't know if maybe, I feel like maybe it's almost from like Midnight Run where it's like instead of the comic relief being like an unhinged guy, you make him kind of like an uptight guy. Yeah. And so the comic relief comes more from the fact that he's more uptight than your hero instead of like um, more loose. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that, that would make sense. Except I wish I had like I wish I had like some a list of examples that i could have researched but didn't but, but i no, just feel I like that it. was like a temporary thing where it was like uh, a very specific stock character that was like it's it's the straight laced guy that comes in but at the same time he's the comic relief which kind of doesn't make a lot of sense but it sort of works 
and honestly, he's actually probably one of the better things in the movie. Yeah, I don't know that it would really work without his sort of push and pull towards because there's not a lot else going on in terms of conflict. So it's like a Jack Russell like like playing with a big potato sack. I don't know <laughs> something like that. He's hold like, on. I want to I want to go watch that on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's been getting all the views on TikTok. Um, <laughs> or Kurt Russell in a potato. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, that, no, God. This movie wishes it was anywhere near the vicinity of Kurt Russell <laughs> being near it. Um, if, uh, if only it was Snake Plissken investigating the uh, the legendary bad alien. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, the other thing that's crazy about this, this pair to me is that uh, neither one of them feels like an audience surrogate and neither one of them is particularly likable no. like intentionally like not like in a in a way that they kind of screwed up it's like they're both kind of hard asses just like different flavors of hard ass Dolph Lundgren's playing like kind of like the typical like rebel cop but at the same time he's like he's not a goofball or anything he's he's a pretty hard guy so it's just kind of he's sort of street hard and Brian Binman is sort of like desk hard, but they're not a million miles away from each other in terms of just, except for, you know, physically they have absolutely nothing in common, but just the, the energy that they put out is both kind of um, aggressive and negative. So it's, it's kind of like, you know, two, two, two uh, opposing magnets, but not, (laughs) not in like uh, yeah, it's like, they don't come together in a chocolate and peanut butter way, really. They're just... Yeah, it's like dark chocolate and milk chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a much better way of explaining what I was fumbling to say, yes. Exactly. Yeah, it's... it's like I think they just don't... They don't really have... I don't think the the people make it, the writing it... They just didn't have a good idea of what the character was beyond this just very basic, broad archetype. Because, like... Uh, yeah, like you said, they're very, they're too similar to be to really play off each other in an interesting way. Although I guess Brian Benben is obviously more manic and clip, quippy, you know, and uh, I think that's really the main difference. Really, it's just right. the, it's just their energy, like the the tempo of the way they talk and everything. Because obviously, <laughs> Dol- I mean, it's kind of amazing Dolph Lundgren had a career in acting at all. <laughs> yes, yeah. There's no way he could carry this movie. Right or or any movie, it made me do some deep thought on like what do I think about Dolph Lundgren? <laughs> yeah, I knew him for as a kid from of course Rocky and um, then uh, Matt the Mas- the He Man movie the Masters of the Universe movie, which I, I I I think he's great in both of those movies just because he that's sort of what he's made for. But um, right. this is like a real like go get him kind of role. Like he's not um, he's not responsive at all. He's literally like the guy who's supposed to go do everything whereas like um even in masters of the universe it's all just sort of like a space opera circling around him and he's just kind of like there to be strong and have a sword exactly um, yeah and then like in rocky he's obviously just supposed to be like a scary dude which right. he's perfect for yeah it's yeah. literally like just before we did this they just announced a new um they're gonna re-release um his rocky movie with like a bunch more there's like 40 minutes of stuff that was never seen um, oh that I think is like mostly his his character development. Oh, so Dolph Lundgren's day is still yet to come. I guess so. I guess so. Uh, yeah, the the Lundgren Renaissance is upon us. 
<laughs> the Lung Renaissance. <laughs> Lung Renaissance. He was in a that yeah. yeah he was in a Coen Brothers movie. He was in Hail Caesar. Um, oh yeah, oh, yeah. He was was he in the one the Roman characters. Yeah, it, it, no, he was like um uh, he was the group like the uh, um, the communists that uh, he was in that that Channing Tatum was gonna like defect to. He was yeah. like the leader um, who like shows up in like a submarine, I think. Oh, uh, that was him. Yeah, yeah. So I, I I think that he's kind of hitting that point where he can sort of do, um, he can just show up and be himself, and it's that's enough. I think he was an Aquaman too. Oh yeah, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't kept up with that, but that sounds right. I mean, he's one of those guys that are just like, what are you supposed to do with him? Like, yeah, he can't, he can't just go work at a bank. Like, <laughs> you've got to put him in movies. But yeah, that's true. But I wouldn't like, have necessarily cast him as as a detective. I would have probably cast him as the bad alien. Yeah, yeah, or the good alien chasing the bad alien. That would make yeah. more sense. Honestly, if they had just collapsed the characters. They got rid of the, the buddy cop dynamic and, and made it like, oh, it's a, a cop teaming up with a good alien against the bad alien. A hundred percent. Yeah, that would have been such a more like you, you would have been able to like hang your hat on that because like you were saying, it's like kind of hard to follow exactly what's going on. And that's partially because like the good alien, you barely even understand what he's up to at any point in the movie. He's probably got a combined five minutes of screen time. Yeah. And yeah you just you don't really understand like what his deal is until he just like literally spells it out in exposition yeah but that would have been way more that would have been more of a sci-fi movie and it would have been way more of like um an actual idea a detective teaming up with um, an alien detective yeah i mean i guess i guess maybe because of alien nation the movie. Yeah. isn't that the premise of that i have not seen that in a long time <laughs> so we're, we're both uh blind leading the blind on, on alien nation but yeah definitely I mean, occurred to me while i was watching the movie that it seemed like there was a little bit of crossover there was it mandy patinkin plays the alien in that it's james Kahn as the cop and i think in the movie I, mean, I don't know sounds great i don't know why we haven't watched it imagine imagine if um if James Kahn was leading this plot instead of Dolph Lundgren. That would work so much better. Yeah, you, you need you need somebody like that and like an actual actor. I mean, even though it is a, a complete nothing cliche character, like just bringing an actor's gravitas and... And, and, just and to even express like skepticism at the fact that aliens are here, which doesn't really happen in this movie. Like the most you get is Brian Binbin kind of going like, are you telling me there's an alien? Like it's, it's very downplayed. Like everybody's yeah. just kind of like, there's an alien here and looking for drugs um so let's all accept that as fact and move on and go i feel like you have to work your way up to that a little bit you have to you have to go through like the stages of okay this is not a human person we're dealing with they do that but it's very quick it's just like oh this can't be human technology oh i think it's an alien (laughs) oh yeah so there there is sort of a fun like just to (laughs) sort of pick the track back up of the plot so they um um Dolph London goes and investigates his like, um, you know, like he goes through like his usual like stoolies or whatever to figure yeah. out like does anybody know about it and and you get um, Michael J. Pollard who's one of my favorite character actors <laughs> playing playing Boner, yeah, bo- uh, <laughs> whose only character trait seems to be that he's got a boner all the time and it's kind yeah. of all he's got. That's all that's going on is that yeah. um, and even like the only way that. Dolphin communicates with him is just immediately like grabbing his crotch. Yeah. Um, and that's just, that's just boner, you know, like he doesn't even listen if you don't, if you don't grab him. <laughs> but kind of amusingly, if, if they had 
if the script was just like a, played with this a little bit more, it would have been better. But Boner actually tells them exactly what's going on, but it sounds crazy in that moment. So it's sort of nobody follows that thread. Like he's like, where are the drugs? And he's like, the Martians have got them. And yeah. it sounds like he's like, um, you know, trying to get him off the trail or whatever. Or, you know, he sounds like he's trying to be a smart ass, but he's yeah. actually just telling the truth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like would have been fun if they had like spun that out for a while and kind of go like, my God, Boner was telling the truth. Exactly. Man, there's. I'm... You've got to listen to Boner. I should have listened to Boner. <laughs> He's, I mean, he really is just like budget Stallone in that way. Like, again, Arnold has a limited delivery, but he has a a, a charm and a wink to him. Yeah, yeah I feel like as much as people kind of like make him into a punchline and stuff, it's like there was nobody better at delivering like some of the line. Like again, Dolph Lundgren doesn't get a lot of those like golden lines in here, but they get he gets a few that are supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, case in point, I can only remember one, and it's at the end, so I don't, I don't want to skip to it, but. Yeah. Um, he has a few kind of like uh, one-liner quips. Yeah, n- nobody, nobody can do that like Schwarzenegger. Like, no, despite the fact that he's kind of always the same guy and the same voice and the yeah doesn't have range or whatever. It's like he still is like incredibly good at one particular thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's it really is just charisma. I mean, it really is that that missing aspect. And like Dolph Lundgren really doesn't have it. At least in at least definitely didn't at this point. I don't know. I've seen him in a few other things where he's like doing a little bit more crazier things, like Johnny Mnemonic, where he plays like this deranged. Oh yeah, it's been a while, but yeah, yeah, he's actually fine. (laughs) Yeah, it's only like within the context of this movie that like I feel like we're both being kind of hard on him because he's not 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 through no fault of his own. There's just not a lot to bite into on that character. Yeah, he's just miscast. It it really just it would have worked better with like, I mean, honestly, Brian Ben Ben playing the cop. I mean, maybe not, maybe not as tough. I don't know. It was, it was like a more goofy cop. Anything that had like a little bit more, like somebody that brings their own color to it, yeah, uh, would have made it shine a little bit more. I think. Yeah, exactly. He has a very spacious apartment, though. I noticed, like, <laughs> yeah, he's he's working that cop salary. So like, there's this like, of course, there's a typical FBI cop thing where they just like the cop, the FBI, the feds take over and they saddle him with Brian Ben Ben. They go by the you know, there's a typical banter back and forth. You know, I'm I'm this and that, but they're not even all that different, like we mentioned. So it's like not. <laughs> it's just well, like two Brian Ben Ben's like um he's like obsessed with his boss, and right. he's got the um, what is it? The, oh, the the uh, the book of Switzer. Is that what he keeps saying? He's like Switzer's rules. Number one is you never do this. Dolph Lundgren doesn't play it by Switzer's rules, even though Switzer is just like a random FBI guy that nobody would know. Yeah, and on one point, you know, Dolph Lundgren goes, uh, yeah, Kane's book, chapter one, <laughs> page one, something, something, you know, I don't remember what it is. Yeah. It's just, yeah. But they never first, tip. Exactly, <laughs> never tip. <laughs> what a piece of shit. Um, so they go to uh, the, uh, I know that, they, okay, so they, they do go to the crime lab guy who has, you know, this is the mo- one of the more memorable side characters in the movie. Um, we're back on Bruce the scientist. Bruce the scientist. Yeah, because they basically get they kind of hit dead end on um, checking all the usual suspects. So yeah. the only thing they have to go on is the disc itself. So um, Dolph Lundgren's got like a scientist friend that can handle it. They're, they're, they, there's a couple. I think it's before that that they maybe hit up um, that guy, uh, the diehard guy. 
Al Al Leong, Long Leong. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think it might be a little later actually. I think it's. Oh like, really? Okay. Yeah. That, I feel like it seemed like later. they were like kind of going through all the like usual. Um, like at first they're investigating it like a drug problem, so he's kind of like busting heads in the drug world, and then when that sort of bottoms out, um, they go after the space weapon. Right. Um, but uh, there are at least a few points before that, or a few scenes where they, of course, they have the alien wreaking. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. They, there's some back and forth with like kind of dead end investigating, and then just continuously establishing that the bad alien is just out there killing everybody while they're while they're working on this. There's also some decent like uh, action cuts. I'm definitely a sucker for those where like um like in the boner scene, I think like it ends with like they. They like uh, break the uh, balls for the pool. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it like cuts to like um, an explosion, or I don't remember what the cut is, but there's three or four like that that are like. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a, I think there's a directly a cut from when a scene where the alien, the bad alien, is uh, sucking the juices out of somebody, and then they cut to like Bruce the scientist's coffee. Yeah, yeah. Filter. He's got like he's got like uh, yeah, really. Let, let's just spell it out that Bruce the scientist probably should have been like the star of the movie because yeah I mean like we were saying like if there's if it's a nothing character then the only thing you can do is just like get like sort of an unusual interesting character actor to take the part yeah and, like, have anything interesting on paper but he's just kind of fascinating just because he's so unusual yeah he's like super hyper I guess caffeinated quote unquote um <laughs> with yeah, like, uh, like um one of those like uh, uh, Rube Goldbergian coffee machines, yeah, um, like something like Rick Moranis would have in Honey I Shrunk the Kids or something. Yeah, <laughs> he's just a guy that like science is real hard. Uh, the actor playing him plays him is like he's super hyped up on coffee and he's also taking pills. So I don't know if that's meant to be just something else or he's just like taking stuff and he's so he's like jittery the actor is doing it maybe a bit too much but it's like <laughs> right it comes across you remember it you know <laughs> yeah yeah there's a lot i don't remember but i do remember bruce the scientist uh yeah so like yeah he, he's like one of the few people who's like i don't know trying here i don't know actually i think a lot of people are trying in the movie character actors but like there's just not a, people aren't really given much to do but he's doing a lot with what little tiny he's, he's given so he's just playing that character to the hilt and of course he tells them that it's he tells them that the disc is magnetized and all that i think it's brian ben ben who says doesn't the human body have an electrical charge maybe this <laughs> is like he just comes up with this the whole cloth like okay i guess you figured it out <laughs> at some point they go to the directly to the white boys i think i think the the main bad guy has fled to rio apparently yeah and so they like are trying to and of course, the I think the 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 drug guys think that the, somebody's been killing them off, and they think it's like another rival drug dealers or or the cops killing them off, and they go to them, and there's like some board meeting. I mean, I, I'm vague on this part. It was the middle of the movie. Oh right, yeah, they 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 have like a um, yeah, it is literally just like a board meeting of like uh, the drug syndicate that um, Dolph Lundgren just like strolls right into and 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 like put down your guns and of course everybody puts their everybody it turns out everybody in the at the boardroom has guns on on the table but right. i was like that was that was a cute gag i guess um 
and they uh you know they're like somebody's killing you you guys and like it's, it's not you or no who is it you know and they have and they basically tentatively agree to kind of work together or something was that kind yeah. of what happened <laughs> I'm, i don't I, know if they spell it out but that's that's sort of the takeaway is that um do us a favor and we'll do this or something yeah like until until the um the drug dealer from outer space is out of the way um truce yeah and now this is is this before or after the guys in the cars are shooting at them that whole midsection is definitely just like a blur of uh yeah like a mishmash blur because you have the uh the car chase scene which isn't isn't much of a car chase but it's you know it's memorable just because you have these guys in like business suits shooting after him i think yeah. that's actually where he finally explains that what the white boys are oh yeah that's right yeah i think i think that's where brian Benben like pulls out his huge gun right and you get uh uh where'd you get that christmas present from my mom <laughs> which again when you when you're watching these like or or in in as the case sometimes is just like skimming them to figure out how much christmas content is in them um you just live for stuff like that it's just like oh there it is yep he said the magic word yeah right down the time uh... <laughs> it's another like great illustration of either one of them easily could have pulled out a gun and said it's a christmas present for my mom like sort of interchangeable but whatever it's fun it's fun that he says that. I finally like kind of got what the movie was trying to do a little bit, a stylized over the top kind of thing. I, it didn't feel like that at first. It felt more like just generic 80s bad guys. And then sure. So they do have kind of a, a temporary truce between them and so they do some kind of deal where they have to, so they, I think this is where they bring something to the Al Leong guy the character actor. Oh okay, I didn't realize it was that way. Yeah. That doesn't work like he, he he they bring it to him and he just runs away with they bring some drugs or it was confusing. That that whole like um I guess kind of like transitioning from like second to third act there's just a bunch of dead ends and like noise that definitely just feels like it's like they're just spinning their wheels waiting for the inevitable like showdown with the alien pretty hard to even track what they're investigating or what they're even trying to accomplish at one point do they introduce the second alien i think you see him like in in one of the first like early on when it keeps cutting back to um right okay uh what are the freaking names again Ta uh, talik is the bad one and azek is the Did they ever say these names in the movie i don't i don't remember them ever saying that I... unless the the good the good one might say it in his like death speech I, I I listened. I I didn't. I did not hear him say any kind of name. No, I don't. Think, I don't think they say that. Yeah, the, it's, <laughs> it's mentioned in the Wikipedia, which means somebody went out of their way to get the proper character names from, I guess, the screenplay or something to, <laughs> yeah. or whatever. <laughs> Literally in the credits, they are good alien, bad alien. There's like nothing more. To... <laughs> yeah, it's all coming from uh, David Kep and his downtime is is updating the Wikipedia for Eckerman piece and making sure everything is exactly as he intended. <laughs> that would be pretty funny. Just just for kicks, you know, just to kill time, you know, in between meetings or whatever. Um, uh, to, to, yeah, I think you basically see the good alien basically in the background, like shooting at the bad alien, and you don't even really know what's going on um, until much later. Right after they go to bring the suitcase, I don't remember what the deal they had in mind was, what they're doing. It was like something, like some kind of favor trade-off with the... I think they were trying to like get word out of like a really big drug buy to like attract the attention of the bad alien, right? Oh, something. okay. Maybe, yeah, that's probably what they were doing. Okay. Yeah. It's always good when, when people just have to speculate. And it's not even like a David Lynch movie or something. It's just a straight ahead 
crime movie and people are just like well i think what what the guy's doing here is he's going undercover like just completely having to pull it out of your ass yeah it's <laughs> a good sign i mean I, i'm i'm sure the screenplay spelled it out because like a lot of those things can get tr- lost in the translation um for sure i mean yeah. so i imagine know. it's hard to do one of these where there's just a lot of noise um yeah i mean mean, marvel movies are not that different just in the sense of they have to sort of get information across over like the din of explosions it's like whatever it's 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 shiny exploding things are all around you this movie has a bit more time to establish what it's trying to do and this and it doesn't it just kind of fails Right. And, and the whole point of a buddy cop movie really is that you have two characters to constantly fill yeah. each other in like to like Mulder, Mulder and Scully each other and exactly. they don't really do that ever like they just no. yell at each other there's never really a part where yeah. Brian they, Goodman's like so wait um, why are we seeing this guy again and Dolph Lundgren's like oh let me tell you so this guy I went to college with him and uh, he's uh, really into um, you know pyrotechnics and so he's going to help us build that never happens ever. And all, there is a girlfriend in there somewhere too. I gotta, I gotta say. <laughs> yeah, I think, she, I think she literally gets lost in the shuffle. Is she like one of the? Is she the only female character in the film? I mean, oh no, there's the vict, one of the victims of the alien. Yeah, but all, it's like a quasi rape scene uh, almost. I mean, yeah, she's the only female character that does isn't doesn't immediately have her shirt torn off. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously some extras and background characters, but like, right. no, I mean, like as for like main characters, there's literally one female character in the entire movie. <laughs> yeah, her main purpose is that he promises her that he's going to um, go on vacation, take her on vacation, and he has to finally break his promise. Which, of course, as soon as you know that his character trait is that he makes, he always keeps his promises. It's, I wonder what this guy's promise ratio is going to be by the end of this movie. <laughs> Bet it won't be a hundred percent. Yeah, keep just keep track like of all the promises he makes. Yeah, <laughs> just like keep a score sheet going. Um, and he takes but, it. He takes it seriously. Like he's like uh, he takes a beat to kind of go like, never had to break a promise before. Yeah, <laughs> but never had a drug dealer from outer space before. So that's true. It's like extreme circumstances, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah. So like. I guess it was a plan to bait the other alien because the other alien does show up, and then the there's a big like shootout in the street, and the good alien gets hit. Yeah, and um, he he basically just shows as like right when they're sitting in their car trying to figure out what's going on, he just shows up in the car and just like right. explains everything. <laughs> yeah, see that that guy knows how to deliver some exposition to explain what's going on. Yeah, yeah, and but he's, he's like, also he's also a basically a useless character. Like he doesn't really accomplish anything. No, and, exposition um, is about all he's good for. Um, yeah, and I, like I guess you know that you get good stuff out of there because you don't really know what the um, what everybody's like play is at that point. So he at least is kind of like, yeah, he's a drug dealer. I'm a cop. I know that sounds pretty normal, but that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> we're from space but don't even think about that uh he's a drug dealer and i'm a cop yeah just both from space yep so we're from space and (laughs) (laughs) he's he's we're we're from space and i'm a cop and he's a drug dealer and we're from space 
<laughs> that's pretty much his speech. I think I just said his speech verbatim. Actually. Yeah, pretty much. And then uh, he has like this goop. He's like marshmallow goop coming out of it. It basically looks like the a- androids from the alien movies. Yeah, exactly. He's he's like bleeding milk and, and Brian Ben Ben like without questioning it. It's just like, oh, he's bleeding. He's hurt. Like, yeah, that's not that's not what you would think, right? If you just I'd be, saw, like, like, well, I'd be just like, I, I honestly probably couldn't talk. I'd be like, there's a fucking alien <laughs> in my car. <laughs> They're both very professional about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, and then don't they take his gun or he get he gives him his gun? Yeah, they get a they get a space gun that they repeatedly call space gun, which I did find legitimately pretty funny. At some point, the uh, alien comes back to get the disc from the no, actually, it wasn't. It was the Bruce the they do see Bruce the scientist later in the movie. He doesn't. They, take, they beat him up. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it wasn't the alien who beat him up. It was the, the was it the white boys? No, I think it was the um, I don't know because there's like a very very underdeveloped like conspiracy angle cover-up angle here oh oh, right the the fbi took it yeah it's very 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 underwritten no it's uh, it's literally you could you could trim 10 seconds out of the movie and that which again is something that actually would have been more interesting to play up is the whole idea of like um brian binbin's uh prerogative should yeah. have turned out to be that he's hiding um, any alien evidence, but he's yeah. just dark. So again, it's like an opportunity for like an interesting contrast that just isn't there. Cause I guess you have sort of like the interesting, um, like he kind of has this big moment where he has to turn on Switzer of Switzer's rules. And like, yeah. And, and he basically runs into, I think you're just running into Switzer and, <laughs> or Switzer shows up or he meets with Switzer. It's another site of, uh, Destru- alien destruction that they're at and right. um, Dolph Lundgren can't get in as a cop but Brian Bimbin can get in as FBI and then he sort of goes off with his FBI boss and obviously the FBI angle on it is going to be to uh, obscure and yeah hush up everything that's happening which you know causes a moral conflict for Brian Bimbin yeah and basically he says well you know you're going to have to kill Kane now um because uh you know he knows too much or something i guess right. you know we're trying we're trying to harvest this technology or i don't know where they it's just so underdeveloped i mean yeah it's very <laughs> fast it's... yeah we know all about these aliens okay what do you know about them and do you know how much do you know do you know you know there are aliens here but do you know anything about i mean again i just keep thinking of predator 2 when you have like gary Busey show up and like you know that's works way more better because like he 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 has an excuse to know things about the, the alien this guy they actually mention to their superior the idea of the aliens it being aliens it's like laughed off but it's not really it's no. just so half-assed i don't know it's um, it's, I mean, it's only purpose really is to like push the two leads closer together so it like sort of ends their conflict because Dolph Lundgren saves Brian Bimbin's life. Brian Bimbin gets kind of like a wake up call in terms of, you know, maybe he's been hero worshiping the wrong people and maybe his like stiff upper lip ways are not the right way to go. And so yeah. they can basically go together into like the final big battle. Um, yeah. I guess that does count as an arc or something for Brian. Bimbin. Yeah. Just barely the, the, yeah. the minimum amount yeah so like yeah just make yeah like turn away from your boss and have your uh, have your friend kill your boss like you gotta you gotta like get the ruler out on what looks like a straight line and have yeah <laughs> have like a professional go out to the middle and just be like no nope that's an arc 
Exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Just in all the like kind of noise of leading up to the showdown, there's like a, a an aside that was my favorite part of the whole movie where like uh it just cuts to like these random other dudes in like a gas station. Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm trying to remember. Uh... Basically, it cuts to like this gas station, and uh, there's like a crazy like uh, like a stock drunk character who's like saying he saw the bad alien. Yes. Yes. Uh, okay. Yeah. Like the the gas station owner or wherever the hell it is is like, uh, yeah, but you said you saw Jimi Hendrix at a laundromat. And then it, cuts, <laughs> then it cuts to a cop who's not not like a cop who's actually like relevant to the plot at all. He's just like a cop who's reading a magazine in the back. No, he's like a goofy Barney Five type cop. Yeah, he looks like Barney Five, and he's just like right with a dryer full of tie-dyed shirts. Yeah. <laughs> just to, just to spell it out, the guy says he saw Jimi Hendrix in a laundromat, and then David Kep or somebody was like, and then the cop says. Right, with a dryer full of tie-dyed shirts. <laughs> and and uh, then, of course, the alien shows up and, like... Uh, yeah, that's ex- it, literally right before there's a huge explosion and all the yeah. glass, like, comes in and, and everybody dies, basically. But such a weird character moment. Um, yeah, but it was... And, again, one of those things where, like, by far the most unusual, like, memorable character in the whole movie is just this cop who has one line who's just, like, reading a magazine in a Walgreens or something. Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, also they, again, they, I, I keep bringing up the girlfriend character, but it's like, she's there for some reason at the climax. I don't remember what she does. Does she do anything? Do they give her anything to do? She's I, there. I, I don't recall. I forgot she was even there. Yeah. Well, at least at some point they link back up with her and, and, and they try, they're like trying to just give her the short version of what happened. And yeah, so who's doing all these killings? And I think it's Brian Benman who just goes, I ah, just some asshole from outer space. <laughs> I did like that. That was funny. Yeah, um, <laughs> sure. There's a couple little nuggets like that. Yeah. It, and of course, yeah. So they have this big showdown at the, you know, it's like, it's like just one of those abandoned it's buildings. Just the, the same abandoned warehouse from every other action right. movie. Right. Yeah. The only, th- yeah, they all like, seem to only exist in these action movies or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I think if I'm remembering right, like the way they rile up the bad alien is like they steal his drugs. Yes, yes. I, I remember that because there's this amazing shot where um, the bad alien like walks away and then he kind of does like the, the classic routine where he sort of pats his pockets. Yes. <laughs> exactly as if he had left his keys inside. He's yeah. just like, could have sworn I had drugs in his pocket. Like it's literally like Where'd that. My keys go? God damn it. <laughs> oh, God, that made my throat hurt. <laughs> Yeah, no, you don't want to. You don't want to do bad alien too much. No, you got to pay like a voice actor, like a, one of those guys, <laughs> Frank Welker or whatever. I would love to have that career. He's, I think uh, what we're saying is this movie could use a lot more Frank Welker. Yeah, it could use it could use a lot more of anything, like a lot more character. <laughs> like there's a little bit here and there, but like yeah, it's it's just few and far between. We pretty much hit the end. Like they they have their big showdown. They have that big like standoff with like the uh, like the metal shaft or whatever which yeah kind of manufactured drama because it didn't really seem anything all that exciting but there's a lot of shots of like Dolph Lundgren like looking over at like the metal beam and you know like yeah. word word balloon popping up on his head like I'm gonna shove the alien into that thing it oh. takes like 10 minutes to do it yeah 
and also like the there's a few parts where Brian Benman tries to use the gun. Of course, it doesn't work. I know, like that again. They, the, there's all this like setup for like now they've got the cool space gun, but that's not even how they kill the guy. No, I forget even how, how do they do it. <laughs> he literally just impales him on that. Yeah, that's right. Too. That's right. And th- what does he say before he does it? He does. He does the last. Okay, how amazing is it that the guy just says he's an evil alien from outer space and he pretty much just says i come in peace like yeah if you ignore this is i think why i remember this movie slightly more fondly than uh than than it actually was which is that just if you just ignore everything else and just remember that there's an alien drug dealer who says i come in peace and is just constantly killing people so he says that as he dies like how nine thousand, like just like death speech like that's all just all i can say all he's got it's it's his um it's his i am Groot. yes um, so he says one final i come in peace and Dolph Lundgren goes and you go in pieces yes 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 that was good there was actually one right before that too i forget what it is like space he's like calls him some kind of like you're a space something yeah i meant to write down all the all the 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 one-liners but i think i in a cocky way thought i would remember something like that but i just didn't at all yeah, same here. And then they they blow him up also. In addition to impaling him, they they blow up like the whole place. Right. And then after that, they just walk away. It is. It freeze frames just like seconds after. Which well, there's like a final kind of like dumb joke at the end, like where they're like, "Well, uh, you promised," because she's like, "You promised me to take you on vacation." As they're walking from the flames and um and then, oh and then yeah, I was gonna ask you about this because I literally I think I literally didn't understand the last joke of the movie. Um, doesn't Brian Benben say something like um, uh, Dolph you're... Lundgren says I think we're going to go to Rio and then uh, of course because that's where Vi- the Victor Manning the head of the white boys is still so uh, yeah he's still uh, concerned with that I guess and uh, that's what they're implying I guess and then Brian Benben's like no 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 <laughs> and then yeah he has like a weird protest yeah totally didn't work from my perspective yeah I I didn't really pick up that connection and then also just like yeah it feels like it's just like i mean it literally ends on a freeze frame of them all laughing together yeah like a starskin hutch episode yeah they, they barely like <laughs> like again she's barely been in the movie she doesn't know brian binben from anybody right and they really don't have any kind of like rapport that's been established yeah it's just okay it's over there you go yeah <laughs> the weird thing is i usually especially for movies like this i love um when movies don't have a resolution um like when it's like literally just like the climax and then you just drop the credits right uh, that's like my favorite way to end a movie but it has to be you can't just like fade away like you know you have to you have to do something <laughs> need some kind of wrap up but yeah. it's not too bad i guess that counts as kind of a wrap up I, it's like at that point who nobody in the entire audience gives a fuck yeah for sure i i definitely i appreciate they didn't have like the scene where he goes back like most of the time they'll go back and have like a part where you know like the next day and it's like him like talking to the chief and right kind of wrapping things up and it's always so boring like it's always just yeah everything that's going to happen has already happened so why are we still you got to like go out on like a hit you can't just kind of have the big climax and then just sort of like gently roll to a stop honestly if it just ended right after he says i go, you go in pieces i mean yeah i would have probably applauded to be honest yeah i mean that, that would be like oh man that's the greatest Any, anything like, like that where yeah just like the big bad dies 
and then you just like slammed credits that's always going to be fun yeah because like they didn't spend enough time to invest the characters to earn any kind of little thing afterwards so it's like you might as well just end there's so little established character between those three that there's not even really anything to like call back to yeah like you usually would like there's just you know it's like they've been talking about rio the whole movie yeah it was mentioned once that the guy was headed there we're gonna slay them in the audiences with this callback to that Rio bit. Yeah, and like in the last act of the movie, like the, the he's not concerned with the the white boys or anything at all. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's it. This is one of those movies. There is a premise. It's a good basic premise. You can do stuff with it, but they don't. There's so many missed opportunities. It, it doesn't quite go where you want it to go, and, and it's definitely. Um a little hard to follow as has been obvious for the fact that we keep kind of having a hard time catching up with what was actually going on in the plot at any point to, to that end like as it ends like this is another one where i kind of had to like read the plot description of wikipedia to like fully like the last thing it says in the plot for wikipedia is like uh basically since talik is dead since the bad alien is dead they realize they've completed the good aliens mission which was to keep the bad alien from coming back to his planet so that but no they never can... say anything like that in the movie yeah exactly it's like that that all like has like that makes some sort of poetic sense you know like oh yeah. okay all they really needed to do was because it was established like the bad alien was you know a scout like like so many of those alien plots are where he was basically going to go check out this planet and report back so yeah. when he doesn't report back his home planet won't even know about earth it's kind of like a the day is saved but like none of that is clear yeah. unless you like whoever wrote this plot description kind of really sits there and pieces through everything i mean it's got to be david cap right or or, or the david other guy or so who, <laughs> somebody who worked on the movie or somebody who's just really obsessed with this movie because like you can't get these details from the movie <laughs> it says know? it says it was added by user uh dino bro 2000 so really? i mean i don't know <laughs> I'm just, oh, I'm, just, oh. I'm just imagining David kept using Oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, literally, oh, my God. That would have been fucking hilarious. I feel like for all that dunking on, like, the plot, it was still a fun movie. I had fun with it. Yeah, it's very watchable. It's very competent, obviously. Like, this, the action stuff is actually genuinely good. More than yeah. once, I was sort of like, oh, wow. The explosion scenes weren't, weren't messing around at all. No, no, and the action is stuff is genuinely, like, impressive, like, good. It's a good, solid... I mean, it's directed by a guy who knows action. Yeah, like, it's but... not that last era for CG and everything, so... Um, yeah. Sometimes you get that kind of extra effect when you go back to, like, right before things changed, where you're just kind of like, whoa, <laughs> things are, like, coming off the rails in a good way, and it's because you're just not used to seeing um fire anymore <laughs> yeah 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 like actual fire that's in the same vicinity as the actors you know right it's the same way with like a lot of effects too like like the like a lot of the stop motion was getting really elaborate towards the like the late 80s early 90s like right before right. cgi like robocop 2 has like this amazing robot character in it like like it says some of the best stop motion i've ever seen in a movie i mean oh yeah no i know that's one of like the terrible like curses is that all of those department heads were getting like so good at their job like right when it basically became not cost effective anymore to do it that way yeah yeah you're right yeah there's like that sweet spot where like all the like uh uh, who is that it's not like tom savini type guys it's like phil tippett yeah phil tippett type dudes yeah like those guys were just getting like so good 
yeah. so there was like that sweet spot where they were like couldn't be any better at their job and then it was like oh wait we're not going to use you anymore yeah or they had to adapt themselves to doing the uh cg stuff yeah um, i mean i think that that links into this movie just in the sense of it came at kind of like a time when there wasn't really the opportunity for them to do what would become cheesy effects so it's limited but it's not like there's nothing in it that like looks dated because they're they're still on like 60s tech basically like yeah so it's 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 no more dated than like um like a 70s action movie which also doesn't look dated at all because it's just like you know it's Weissy wig, you know, it's like whatever's on the screen is just what's there in the in the room. So they don't really try that much in this movie. And again, that's definitely like you feel that just because it's a sci-fi plot and there's really no sci-fi stuff going on. Yeah. But it's not like um it's not like there's swings and misses. It's like they only everything they try it works. There's just kind of limited um options. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um well Technically speaking, I don't know about story-wise. I think story-wise, they had a ton of options that they could have didn't go with. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's definitely a dated movie in terms of like uh, just the way it's put together as a uh, storyline and just yeah. acting-wise and, and just choices and how it was made. But yeah, it's, I, I expected there to be moments where you kind of like look at like the cheesy alien, and that really isn't the thing at all. No, no. I mean, it, straightforward. It, it, yeah, it's, it's like honestly, that's where like the, the the minimal approach to making an alien kind of works for it because it's just like, eh, it's just a big guy. It's an alien. Just you just go with it. I mean, you kind of go with it, even though like it's very thin. It's still it's like okay, they didn't try for a effect that they couldn't pull off. They just said okay, he's an alien. Yeah, there you go. Um, I think what this kind of movie they don't really make anymore either. Like. I mean, they make them, but they're usually like episodes of other shows, like X Files or something. Would probably, I think X Files probably killed off a lot of this kind of genre movie because, like, you could just do that as an episode of an X Files for like probably a oh, oh, right. yeah. comparable budget, maybe even you know, and like yeah, for sure, and like you know that kind of thing. So like, this feels like kind of like that. You could easily, I mean, you could probably you probably have to scale some of it now, but like give it the same type of thing you just substitute Mulder and Scully and then you would actually have more things going on with the characters too so I mean right, right. I don't know it's just so tossed off but definitely uh, small B action or sci-fi kind of movies you know they they just don't exist like that anymore yeah like you have plenty of low budget horror films that kind of get a lot of releases but like definitely not B action I think maybe it's just because TV and other things have overtaken it so you don't need to make those movies for people but there's all those i don't actually even know where these come from really but there's all those movies that like like all the movies that like nick cage says yes to yeah uh, that's where bruce willis finally settled is like yeah <laughs> those are all kind of like um nothing action movies i guess but definitely none of them there's no market for like a movie like that that would be like bold enough to um to mix in like big genre elements there are movies that definitely have currents of what this movie does i think they do a lot better i think i kept thinking of predator 2 i kept thinking of the hidden have you ever seen that yeah one? oh oh yeah the um uh kyle mclaughlin kyle mclaughlin yeah yeah that, that's a great movie yeah that's that a, mo- that's that's a way better example of how to do that kind of movie uh, yeah yeah and it's like similarly probably lower budget movie but it's like but it definitely but that movie fucking 
moves. Yeah, and it's very like it leans into how unusual everything is. Um, whereas this one almost feels like it's kind of pushing that down, kind of. Yeah, exactly. This movie does have a decent cult following, or at least it did on like early video days. Um, yeah, and just looking around about it on. First of all, like I didn't even like think about like the whole predator element, but yeah, I mean uh, also the Terminator. I mean you got that yeah. too. You know, big two guys like chasing after each other and stuff. Predator Two just reminds me so much because it came out the same year, uh, and like it just has that same kind of vibe. Except Predator Two is bigger budget, and honestly, I know Predator Two is not like it, it definitely has a following, but it's definitely not one of those movies that's regarded as like a classic but i I love that movie it's like well it's better it's better remembered than this movie I guess. yeah but, yeah yeah there's more to it i mean yeah. but but it does a lot of the same things this movie tries to do it has like memorable colorful gangs you know that are fighting each other and it's got you know it's the mixture of you know gritty over the top kind of comic book crime mixed with uh sci-fi gore stuff. Right. this this one just feels like i mean it's it's competent but it doesn't yeah, have yeah. that oomph to it that it really needs. Yeah, to. for sure. Yeah, it, I mean, just scanning, like, I mean, it, it looks like it generally did, like, kind of okay. Just, again, it's it's graded on such a curve, but contemporary reviews were all sort of like, ah, you know, it's pretty much like a brainless action movie, but it's a good time. And it was a bunch of kind of like, it's better than it has a right to be sort of reviews. Um, I think that's kind of what led to a slow, steady cult following for it that, it may have just been the timing of the video release too. The perfect movie for that era. It's it's almost hard to imagine it in a theater. Again, it looks very competent, but it's like it feels very much like something you would watch, like on like TNT uh, on yeah. like a Thursday afternoon or whatever. Yeah, yeah. In the, in the best way possible. You know, that's one thing I do appreciate about movies that are on YouTube and stuff because it does capture that blurry VHS kind of vibe. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I. I I, I know we were, we were talking about how to find it, and um, I think uh, maybe Shout Factory possibly probably figured yeah. out like, but it's been years. Yeah. Um, so usually that's like a sign of like either nobody cares anymore or the rights got complicated. So yeah. it seems like one of those movies that's kind of like, which is many movies fall into that that weird in between zone where they're out of print. And there doesn't seem to be any plan for um, putting it back in print, and probably nobody even knows how to do such a thing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you'd, have to, you'd have to really care to go work on it. So I'm sure somebody at some point will put out like a boutique re-release of it, but um, it's very easy to find on YouTube right now and in pretty good uh, quality. The um, the guy. Matthias Hughes, who plays the bad alien, who again is kind of like the most memorable. Yeah. Uh, thing in the movie uh, that guy's been like lobbying for a sequel apparently there's even been vague talks at various points but i think we all know that's not going to happen yeah but yeah it's fun but, to imagine him having his dreams come true on that yeah it gets he finally gets some people to come like get in front of a green screen and just like do a fan film like <laughs> yeah well i was about to say like i can't wait for that era when it's so easy to make stuff like that that all these like old like 80s and 90s b movie guys can just go and make their own like um but then i was like well that's already kind of happened because that's what happened with like cobra kai right it was like yeah basically I think cobra kai was basically like william zabka was just like what if this happened and he just kind of like pieced it together on his own and then end up being like the most famous like it's like huge now 
yeah, it can work. It can work in certain circumstances. I don't know if it yeah. will work for so peace, um, <laughs> assuming that assuming that Matthias Hughes listens to every uh, podcast about I come in peace. Uh, well, just, no disrespect. I mean, I, he's he's yeah, I think uh, movie. I think you should go out there and do it, man. Get yeah. it done. Yeah. Go out there and Cobra Kai this movie. Yeah, reach for the stars. And, <laughs> I mean, I mean, you're alien. You should that should come naturally, dude. Come on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple of like ref, uh, related movies here at the bottom of this that are oh sure sure just triggered my mind like on Wikipedia. Um, which is the Liquid Sky? Have you seen oh that yeah! Movie? Oh god! Yes, yes! I'm actually yeah, probably gonna that, be doing that movie soon. That movie is totally nuts. Now, if, I, I was actually trying to think. There was a movie that had heroin. In yeah, it. exactly. <laughs> that was the same thing. I was like, oh, thank but god. But it's not. I'm but it's just such a different. It is a completely different type of movie than this. Like so, like couldn't be more different. Yeah. Technically, it it does have the exact same plot thread where they're extracting endorphins from humans to use as yeah. uh, as a drug basically i i can't even imagine a double feature of those two yeah. movies it's honestly though you never know it might work it's like it's like one of those things where it's like ah who's the first person to put chicken and waffles together you know right <laughs> it's a liquid <laughs> but, sky and i come in peace <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah this would be like uh like Oh my gosh! I don't even know. This would be like um, chicken and like nuclear waste. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, well, on that note, uh, I think we'll we'll end things there. Uh, John, thank you so much for coming on. Um, yeah, really thank you for having me. Had a really good time. You're welcome back anytime. So. Uh, yeah. All right. So, McCarathon is going to uh, you're going to have that again this year. Uh, yeah, um, it'll probably be like um, around like the second week of December. Obviously, crazy, unpredictable times. Not sure exactly what's going on yet. But last year was the first time that we did it all virtually, and so I'm sure this year will be at least it'll be at least available that way, if not entirely available that way. Um, but yeah, we do it every year, and it's basically 24 straight hours of. Um, Chris's movies of the variety of I Come in Peace. Uh, actually, the, this one we first played at a a lot of times there's a theme, and this one I first showed for Macaratron, which was an all sci-fi year, which was literally all Christmas sci-fi movies. Oh, cool. Um, so it's like that, except there's you know different themes and whatnot. So you can uh, look at Macarathon with, um, with an underscore after it on Instagram for more on that all right well uh yeah check that out and thank you again john uh, i had a really good time appreciate it yeah thank you have a good one you too i come in peace <laughs> if you have any constructive comments movie suggestions or stories of your own otherworldly sightings or encounters drop us a line at saucer cinema pod at gmail.com